Three Trips Ahead is brought to you by redtag.ca. Plan your perfect winter trip today. When we talk about travel, we often mean leaving the country, but really, why would we? Unless, of course, it's to get away from the cold and the winter. Otherwise, Canada has what you need. From sea to shining sea, from the Arctic Circle to the 49th parallel, this land is your land. This land is my land. This land was made for you and me and for Rick Mercer. I'm Maureen Holloway. Welcome to Three Trips Ahead. Up until now, this podcast has been dedicated to the practical aspects of travel, how to get to where you want to go rather than where you're going. But we thought we'd take a detour today and talk to somebody who's been across this country and back and then across it and then back again and and, and then across it again, usually in a van with nothing more than his wits and his cameraman. For 15 years, Rick Mercer has brought Canada to Canadians. The Rick Mercer Report took Rick to over 500 Canadian locations, from the Bay of Fundy to the Rocky Mountains, and of course, home to his beloved Newfoundland. When he wasn't sparring with politicians or hanging with rock stars or ranting in a graffiti-covered alley, Rick could be found ice canoeing or mountain climbing or grape stomping or walking the edge of the CN Tower. As he says, if we're not the greatest country on Earth, we're certainly the best looking. Can you think of a better travel guide? I certainly can't. So with no further ado, we welcome Rick Mercer to Three Trips Ahead. So, Rick, I want to start with the destinations that you chose for your show. So what was the criteria that took you to the places that that you went to? Well, there will always be exceptions to the rule, but the perfect, what I considered the perfect RMR shoot was somewhere in Canada that people were inherently interested in, or maybe they've never heard of before, but I know that they'll like it. So something, somewhere beautiful or interesting, and then an interesting guest doing something active, even though I'm not an active person, (laughs) but we always like the active (laughs) element, right? So the perfect, the absolute perfect, Perfect RMR shoot to me was Rick Hansen bungee jumping outside of Whistler because you had beautiful, beautiful, you know, British Columbia wilderness. Uh, It was ridiculous. I mean, there's like salmon jumping in a river, eagles circling overhead, all the whole works. And then you have Rick Hansen, who's a a hilarious, hilarious guy. (laughs) I can't feel my legs. And then I pushed him (laughs) off a a bridge. Yeah. You know, and so that was the perfect (laughs) shoot. As long as somebody gets hurt. No or almost, hurt. almost gets well, hurt. We used to call it host in peril. Yeah. People would say, oh, people love the host in peril thing. And that got a little crazy. Like in the first couple of years, we would joke or they would joke. Uh, and so we could we could taser him. They would say that about me as if I wasn't there. <laughs> like when we were talking about, well, we could taser him. And then like in year four, one day, Tom looked at me and said, so... Uh, Monday morning, you're going to fly to Ottawa, first thing. Uh, It's going to be a really early flight. Uh, You might want to eat. Apparently, you're supposed to eat before you go, if that's a thing, because you're going to be tasered the minute you arrive. Then you'll do the interview about being tasered after. And I was like, whoa, whoa, this joke is becoming very meta. And he's like, oh, no, no, you're being tasered. You're going to be tasered. And so I went and I was tasered. How was that? That was not good. Well, it's it's really... it's it hurts. It hurts a lot. But <laughs> why not do you a, have to eat before you get tasered? I have no idea. Like who knows that they need to? <laughs> if you're gonna commit you, a crime, say you're gonna go on yeah, a meth have rage. Have a good breakfast. <laughs> have a good breakfast because oh. when you're tasered, you might want to eat right after. Most people don't know how to prepare for no. a tasering. I tell you one thing about being tasered: if you didn't know you were 
being tasered, you'd probably think you were shot or dying. Really? Because it's so horrifying. But, of course, I knew what was happening. So it wasn't as, as terrifying. Well, it was, except I knew I was being tasered. But if it just came out of the blue because I was on a crime spree or something, <laughs> ah, then I would. But the worst thing about that was, <clears throat> this is a sad part of the story. The next day, a gentleman died from being tasered. Because this was back in the day when when you went online and Googled, everything said, oh, it's totally safe. Hurts like hell, but it's totally safe. So I was tasered. The next day, a gentleman died. So he said, well, we won't put it on TV this week because that will be in poor taste. <laughs> we'll wait a couple of days and it'll come out that he, he had a terrible hurt or, you know, he was on meth or something. But then, of course, it turned out not. So week after week after week, and then we finally put the segment on without... The taser segment. So okay. I was tasered for nothing. <laughs> and the point. The that end, was the point of the, the long the story was that you were tasered for nothing. Story. Did you pick up any, like all the things that you did, b- both death-defying and otherwise, did you pick up any skill? Did you pursue anything that you tried out and went, oh, this this might be for me? No, and I. that's a really great question. Because, Thank you. No, because that was actually my motivation. That was always my motivation. Not to get too high flute and what's my motivation here. But when it was with a job, uh, I always went into it with the notion of maybe this is what I would have done had I not gone down the road that I went down. And then when I did go down the road that I went down as a young person, I had no backup. And everyone always told you you should have a backup plan if you're going into show business. And I really believe you should. I think it's stupid not to have a backup plan. But I just didn't have one because I had no skills or education. So I didn't have that backup plan. So I always in my mind thought, what would the backup plan be? Or what What might I do next? Same thing with activities like sports or team events or anything like that. I don't do any of that. So I always thought maybe this will be my thing. It's like going out and trying golf. I think you golf, right? Yes, sir. Or, it's a matter of speaking. But, you know, trying things. And, no, I never really found anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, I've done literally everything. I know I know you have. But but that is the impetus behind travel is that why, why do we travel? Why do oh. we travel? And it's, I think, not only to, to be entertained or to be distracted, but it's also to find something. I'm going quite deep here. But yeah. to fulfill a need that, you're, that you know, don't get where you are. To find yourself someplace. To end yeah. up at the highest point in Canada or at the bottom of an ocean and say, you know what? This is this is where I belong. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know why people travel. I mean, I certainly have grown to love traveling. My biggest fear about not doing the show, and it wasn't a reason to, to not make the decision to stop doing the show, was I was going to miss the amount of travel, like the, the crazy amount of travel, which was always for work most of the time. So it wasn't like I was just going and hanging out and socializing in these places. But I literally looked at the entire country for 15 years the way you look at a town, like my town. So someone would say, you know, if someone says, do you, oh, what part of town do you live in, Mo? And you'd say the east end. Do you get out to the west end of Toronto very often? Oh, not very often, but, you know, mm. 19 times a year, I guess. Well, that's the way I feel about British Columbia. Right. I think, oh, I haven't been to Alberta much at all this year, just... 14 times, which is a lot for most people. So that was the whole country for me. So I'm starting to miss that. I'm going to ask you the same question everybody asked you when you first ended the show and put out your book. We'll get back to that in a second. What were your most memorable places? Give me three. They don't have to be the most. Give me three that stand out in your mind. Anything to do with the north, like the far north, Arctic, or like flying to a Callowit and then going off on an adventure because – it's, it's tough to get there for most Canadians. It's a little bit prohibitive cost-wise. 
But if anyone has the opportunity to do it, they should absolutely do it because the culture shock you can experience inside your own country is as great as the culture shock that you can experience going to Mumbai or, or Somalia. And that's pretty amazing mm-hmm. seeing as it's in your own country. And we, we, none of us know anything about the North. I certainly didn't really know anything before I went there. So that's, that's any, any opportunity to get North, I would suggest people do. Um, I love British Columbia to look at British Columbia. It's like punching your punch you in the face. Beautiful. beautiful. It's just so <laughs> it's almost not real. I feel like half the time you're in BC, you're looking and you're like, Did James Cameron paint this in a computer screen somewhere mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at something fake. Um and of course my home province, Newfoundland and Labrador. I I could talk to you for hours about why people should visit Newfoundland and Labrador. It's the only place in Canada that I haven't been to. Do not that, finish that sentence. That that I Are want you serious? To, that I want to go to. I have not been to Newfoundland. I've been almost anywhere else in this country that I've wanted to go to. And I've been to some places I didn't want to go sure. to. Sure. But I have not been to, my kids have been to Newfoundland. I and they hope. love it. Yeah. They absolutely love it. So that's We that's, have to get you there. Um, well, I've got a cabin. You can I, stay there. I'll I've tell seen you where your the cabin. key is. <laughs> All right. It's a date. Operating for almost 15 years, redtag.ca is the place to go when you're looking to book travel. They give Canadians access to a wide range of travel products with leading tour operators, airlines, hotels, car rentals, cruises, and activities. From last-minute getaways where you can save up to 50% to trips planned out months in advance using their lowest price calendar, redtag.ca has the insight and expert knowledge to give travelers the best prices available. Plus, redtag.ca is partnered with AirMiles. AirMiles collectors are able to earn miles when booking a vacation package through redtag.ca, rewarding travelers to help them get to their next vacation sooner. Whether you prefer booking online at redtag.ca or calling one of their travel professionals, redtag.ca is there to help with all of your travel needs. Redtag.ca experts know what travelers need for their vacations and will help ensure you have all the proper documents and information to make your trip as seamless as possible and cover you while in destination. Redtag.ca combines great people with technology to ensure each customer experience exceeds your expectation. Visit redtag.ca or call 1-866-5-RED-TAG to plan your perfect trip. Uh, all right, so you've gone from sea to coast to coast. Mm-hmm. So what's the scariest thing that you did in all these places? Like, I, I worry. I, I, I watched your final episode. And thought, you know, that man is lucky that he, not necessarily to be alive, you're lucky that you you haven't had what they call life-changing injuries. Catastrophic injury, I think <laughs> yeah. they referred. Uh, Mr. Mercer, it's catastrophic. Yeah. Don't look down. To keep, keep staring at the ceiling. Everything's going to be different now. <laughs> it's a different world. Um, I, if you, you know, students of the show would notice that over the last five years or so, I toned that down a little bit. Now, to be fair, I was... We always tried to be 100% safe. I had no interest in hurting myself. So sometimes uh, people would perceive something as dangerous and terrifying only because we were playing into people's phobias, like fear of heights. Mm-hmm. Where were, was that rope bridge? Uh, the rope bridge was on something called the Via Ferrata, which is Italian, I believe, for, what is it, Iron Way or Iron Walk or something. But a Via Ferrata basically is mountain climbing for dummies. Now, I've never been – now, this is something that is really exciting because I've never, ever understood why people mountain climb. But so with a Via Ferrata, 
they put uh, metal rings in the mountain as you go up the mountain. So you're always hooked on. You have two hooks. You hook on, hook on, hook on. So you're never going to fall off the mountain. But yet you're sometimes like 400-foot drops. As you were. Yeah. And they had a bridge up there that was between two spans. It's such a nightmare. And I had to fall through. You had to fall through. Well, for the good of the piece. Okay. I thought you actually fell through. Yeah. Like there was an opportunity to fall through, and I thought, I'm going to do it. But that was terrifying because I had to throw myself off a cliff. Yes, you did. Knowing that I was chained on with this, like, long piece of chain that some guy gave me. <laughs> I don't know. You have to have a he lot of faith. Nice. Yeah, he seemed nice. He seemed nice. He seemed nice. to know what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. So the Via Ferrata, you should Google that. That's a fun, fun thing to do because you get to experience what it's like to be a mountain climber. Is that in BC? Yeah, the Purcell Mountains. The Purcell Mountains. Okay. So, All right. That's... I can't remember how you get there exactly. No. <laughs> I had people. <laughs> You had people look after that. I got on a that. plane. So much. Then of, there was a helicopter, and there was somebody to arrange. So yes. much of Canada is inaccessible, though. You know, we don't. Oh, our yeah. roads don't go oh, much yeah. farther. I mean, everyone has had that experience where you're flying, or anyone who's been in a plane, where you're looking out the window, and you know, forty-five minutes go by, Before and you're you like, see a light. "There's nothing down yeah, there." There's nothing down there. Which is exciting. It's super exciting. Let's talk about Canadians. Watching the Rick Mercer report over the years, all the people that you met, they all seem to, with all, with a few exceptions, seem to have this sort of dry Canadian humor mm-hmm. that that seems to be a common characteristic right across the country. Or is that just the way they dealt with you? I think I was really lucky because I think the show was well known enough, and people got to know the show enough, and got to know me enough that they trusted me. I think. A lot of Canadians, they're really proud of where they're from, but they don't wear their pride, you know, on their sleeves. So they're not necessarily comfortable going on and on about how great their their neck of the woods is. But they knew that I was never going to make fun of them or I was never going to make fun of the place that they lived and whatever activity it is that they were passionate about. I wasn't going to make fun of that. And so they were at ease, and they didn't have any of that those defense mechanisms in place, and they were very dry, mm-hmm. really dry. The humor it, comes through, but yeah. I, you just said something that I think is so true. They had trust, they had faith that you weren't going to make them look stupid. Yeah, you would make me might make, make myself, yeah, but not them. Well, I only figured this out in about year two or three. There was a fellow Greg Eckler who wrote on the show for almost the entire uh, run. I mean, he came in a little tiny late, and. Uh, he was a writer I always wanted to work with, and so suddenly he was available, and so I went and I had lunch with him and was trying to convince him to come work on the show, and he said, what's the philosophy of the show? He asked me, so suddenly that was weird, and plus, I'm not the type of person who's ever sat down and thought, what's the philosophy of the show? <laughs> but the answer I came up with is the one that I've stuck with was, we don't shit on Thunder Bay. Like, if we go to Thunder Bay, mm-hmm. it's because it's the greatest place, and... And we'll we'll show it off to the best of our ability. And I think that that did come. People figured that out, even though I didn't, you know, it wasn't in Latin up above the show or anything. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of the things that we saw that we learned that you brought home to us were things that were very much uniquely Canadian. Sure. You know, I mean, in 15 years, not not to blow sunshine up your ass, but you really did help define Canada to Canadians. Well, that's nice. It's, it's, I loved, I love showing off the country that way. When we first started... Uh, because I had been on television before, people would recognize me when I was in their town. And kids especially would say, like, what are you doing here? Like the way that kids talk yes, about they do. their own 
Yeah, stupid why town. Would why here, would you come here? Stupid this is town. stupid. And we were in the interior of BC, like year two or three, and this kid said, Hey, I know you. And I said, Hi, how are you? And he said, I knew you'd show up here eventually. And it was a really small town, the middle yeah. of like northern British Columbia. And I thought, Yeah, you're right. And now that's what I, that's always been my line anytime anyone says, What are you doing here? I say, I show up everywhere eventually. So, where have you gone back? Have you gone back anywhere in the past year? <clears throat> Not in the past year. Uh, and that's something like I really want to spend more time on Vancouver Island because every time I went there, that was just spectacular. So, so that's that's on my list because a lot of these places I would go and I would wouldn't get to spend much any of time your own there. leisure time. Yeah, you know, I went to Algonquin Park in the best way possible. I mean, we helicoptered in to the middle of the park and then walked with the biologist and then opened up a bear den and there was a sleeping bear and we. Weighed the cubs and is that where you had the little cubs, little baby oh bear cubs, and like these crazy experiences. But yet, my experience in Algonquin Park was in not, and out not in like mine. Eight hours. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so I need to go back, but next time it'll be a canoe versus a helicopter. So none of this, so none of this is sated your appetite for traveling in this country. No, no, and I like traveling internationally too. I, I mean, I do have the travel bug. That's a little different. Because I realize, you know, traveling is tough, too. It's expensive. It's one thing when it's your job and, uh, you know, and, and, you, and, you, and you get used to it because you have to be good at it. Because for a lot of people, it just, it's, it's not them. It wears them down, I think. But I never had that problem. But uh, it's, it's a complicated country to travel in. It's one of the themes that I constantly go back to. Like where I'm from, Newfoundland and Labrador, like access is a big deal. Like, I'm tired of hearing people like you say it's the one place I've never been. But I know. You know why. I do know why. It's, it's cost. It's accessibility. It's, there's all sorts of issues. There's a ferry if you want to drive. You're thinking, oh, I don't want to do that. So that's a real challenge. If it's any comfort, I haven't been to Prince Edward Island either. There you go. <laughs> but I, no, and I, I wasn't insulting you personally, but I just know there's so mm-hmm. many people like that. And also, if you know, you and I go online right now. And it's now very cold outside, and we look at going on a trip. You know, the cost of going to Florida is half the cost of going to Calgary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's frustrating because it's really important to travel in, in our own country, especially because the stakes are so high. Yeah. I mean, the country is, you know, in my lifetime has been on the verge of breaking up twice. Mm-hmm. That could happen again in the blink of an eye. And right now, not to stop talking about travel and start talking about politics— you know, Angus Reid just put out this poll the other day that I was reading the results, and I was like, is Angus Reid trying to destroy the country? It was like, what do people in Alberta think of people in Quebec? And what do people in Quebec think of people in Alberta? People in Ontario apparently hate everyone, and everyone <laughs> hates Ontario. And the more I read, I just thought, we're doomed. But travel makes a big difference. Because how many times do you talk to people, and they might be going on and on about, well, the problem in Western Canada is, mm-hmm. or, you know, the problem with those Newfoundlanders is, and then you dig down a bit and say, well, have you ever been there? No. That's true. Yeah, most so, most Canadians have not traveled within their country. Yeah, they go they go up and down, but they don't sure. go east to west. And you and you you can't you can't make it a, like an accusation because I think the desire is there. We just happen to be so big. That's mm-hmm. a bit of a problem. Yeah, we're too big for our own britches. But maybe there are solutions. You know, like I I, I wonder how government. I know you can't always look to government, but, you know, I wonder how government in Newfoundland can help get more people visiting Newfoundland. It's one of the, you know, the, the, the most important parts about our future is going to be the tourism industry. How do we make it easier for you 
to get to Newfoundland. And if it costs the government of Newfoundland and Labrador 500 bucks mm-hmm. to get you, Mo, yep. to visit Newfoundland, people might go, well, that's ridiculous. Well, I know you well enough to know we'll get that money back in space. Oh, for sure. Right? You guys will make a trip. You can go golfing. You can go fishing. You, could do, you can do so many things, and then you'll be so glad you got there. But, yeah, that, that investment will be worth it. All right. It's a deal. I'm going. Okay. It was on my I'll, list anyway. I'll tell you where the key is. That's, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do you have three trips planned? Can you tell us where you're going? No, or where I you'd like don't to go? have three trips. Do you have do you, one trip? Do you have your... Yes, I do. I'm going to <clears throat> Portugal in two weeks. We went to Copenhagen this past year, and we were... We were we are creatures of habit, so we tend to go to the same places. You know, I live in a city of how many restaurants? I go to two. Yeah, that's that, true. That's the type of guy I am. So I said to my partner, I was like, why don't we just go somewhere where we don't know anything about? I want to go to Norway. Well, let's go. No, let's go to. Let's just pick a city that you kind of peripherally hear is cool, but you know nothing about. And we both agreed Copenhagen. He generally knows more about these things than I do by <laughs> osmosis somehow. But anyway, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But that was a vacation that, from the first time, the moment your eyes opened, till that you know you were asleep that night, it was go 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 go. Yeah. But it was very exciting. I suppose, too. You know, the this ones is, where you go on a retreat or sit by the pool and read your book, if that's something yeah. you want to do. That's that's in some ways more of a vacation. That's the real vacation to me. It okay. is because it is work going and exploring like that. So you have no trips planned? No, I have no. I'm looking at the Azores. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. It's one of the, those untouched places. Where do you go now if you like to be warm occasionally in the winter? Or maybe you're thinking about uh, becoming one of those people that, you know, spends a month or two months right. out of the country that's in the warm. That for some reason maybe you're not in the mood to hang out in the United States anymore. Mm-hmm. I know. It's a you real know, challenge, right? It's a challenge. Canadians on this side of the country, they go to Florida. Yeah. South America, Central America, Costa Rica. That's lot- far, though. Costa Rica's not far. How many hours? Five hours. Of- okay. Oh, I want to talk about your book briefly. You don't have to. I want to tell you that I bought that book three times over. Did you? I have your copy, but then I had all these people that I didn't know what to get for. Perfect. Like my sister-in-law's boyfriend. Do you know that kind of thing? Yeah, and you don't know. Is he sticking around? How long have they exactly. been together? Exactly. So I thought, oh, and I bought three. $23 is the perfect amount I, to spend exactly. on sister-in-law's and boyfriend. I bought three of your books, fantastic. my own money, and gave them to people for Christmas. That's fantastic. Yeah. I don't care if you read it. <laughs> if you, as long as you bought it, I don't care. It has a lot of pictures. <laughs> Rick, thank you for coming in. Thank you for Always having me. Always a pleasure to see you. It sure is. I miss you. I miss you too. Let's <laughs> hang out more. So, next time you want to go south, think twice. There's somewhere in Canada that might be a better option. Rick says go north. No, not to the cabin or to the cottage. Like really north. So do it at least once. And the stakes are too high to not see our own land. We owe it to each other. That was Three Trips Ahead, brought to you by redtag.ca. Plan your perfect winter trip today at redtag.ca or call 1-866-5-RED-TAG. Thanks for listening. Subscribe for free and leave us a comment to let us know what you think. Three Trips Ahead is produced by Stephanie Phillips and presented by the Frequency Podcast Network. For updates on our show, you can visit FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com or follow at FrequencyPods on Twitter. Next week, we're talking about traveling with the family, your family, not not mine. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs>